Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Mastery Podcast, where you'll learn the correct way to identify, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate real estate in today's market. A market in which volatility creates opportunity and sound principles defeat fads and bubbles. And now, here is your host, a 25-year commercial real estate veteran and co-owner of over $1 billion in real estate assets, Frank Rolfe. The power of real estate to create wealth from A to Z. That's the topic of our very first Commercial Real Estate Mastery podcast. This is Frank Rolfe, and I'm so glad you're here. We're very excited about this new podcast series, and it all ties to the website CREUniversity.com. And at CREUniversity.com, we're going to teach you the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around and operate, every sector of commercial real estate in depth. We're going to cover it all in one easy to use spot. And we're going to start off this series talking about the A to Z of making money. And the A, of course, has to be John Jacob Astor. He was, in fact, the first person to ever make money in real estate. He kind of invented the whole concept. Astor was a fur trader back in the 1800s. And with his excess money he had from trading furs, he would like to buy real estate. He chose a place, an island. It was called Manhattan. He didn't know much about real estate, no one did back then, but he did know that Manhattan, in his opinion, had a bright future. So he knew that owning land in Manhattan would be a good idea, but he took a special creative wrinkle to that. It wasn't just the idea of buying land. What he would do is he would buy land and then he would rent it out on triple net leases for very long periods of time. So he wouldn't build the actual structure that that was rented. He let the tenant build the structure He just rented them the land. They made all the improvements to the land. They paid him rent every year. Then after so many years, he got the land back. In this manner, he was able to harness huge amounts of wealth because if he had just sold the property back in the day, he might have gotten a dollar or two dollars an acre. But because he held it for many, many decades, he was able to get a really big price in the end. In fact, he was our first American millionaire of that kind of scale, and he was the first person to ever make his fortune through real estate. Now, the Z would stand for Sam Zell. Who is Sam Zell, you might say? Well, Sam Zell is one of the great real estate investors of all time, probably better than John Jacob Astor. Astor only succeeded on one front. Zell did it three times. Sam Zell started with nearly nothing and was able to grow through creative resources, his own mind, an empire that included being the largest owner of office buildings and apartments and mobile home parks in the U.S. He's the only one to ever be the largest in three different sectors. In fact, no one's ever been large in two. The only other thing people have ever done has been the largest in one sector, but Zell did it in three. And how he did it again, very much like John Jacob Astor. He was creative. He found a new wrinkle. He was very, very good at fundraising. He really took advantage of the whole concept of the Real Estate Investment Trust back when most people did not. He was also very good at finding new areas of real estate he thought were exciting, where there were trends, when things were shifting. He went into mobile home parks before anybody did. He was building office buildings in a big way back before most people really understood the power and where the rents might be in offices of the future. And he was very smart in apartments. He was able to dump all of his garden-style apartments back before the millennial trend of new urban high-rises. So he's really done a fantastic job. Now, how can you be like these two folks? How can you be like John Jacob Astor? How can you be like Sam Zell? Well, there's three things I wanted to talk about that are why there is so much power to make money in real estate. 
The first one is stability. Real estate's neat because it's an actual hard asset. You know, you see all those informational commercials and things you read about, hey, invest in this stock or that stock. But the problem when you invest in those stocks are you're basically just getting a little sheet of paper that says you own some stock. But what is standing behind the paper? What's going to make that piece of stock go up? More importantly, what do you do if it doesn't go up? How do you even get out of it? Real estate, on the other hand, is very, very simple business model. You kind of buy low, you kind of sell high. And what creates that new height is a little bit of inflation, which we'll talk about it again in a minute, as well as just the fact that over time, our population grows, demand grows, higher demand, higher prices. It's not a very complicated model. You look at people like Steve Jobs and how risky and dangerous it was to bring out the things he brought out. I mean, he crashed and burned on the first personal computer. Never forget his venture into a thing called Next Computing, and it was a catastrophe. It's very competitive in those kind of products. But real estate is so much simplistic. Basically, there's just some general types of sectors of real estate. And when you select the right one, you can really go crazy on that without worrying about somebody else tapping into your territory and ruining the demand for what you do. Look at all those people who bought into Blockbuster, the video chain. You know, I used to go to Blockbuster, go in there, rent a movie. They were $5. And this is back in the days when $5 probably in today's dollars was 10 But nevertheless, people all invested. Blockbuster became a huge chain. And then what happened? Well, they brought out new technologies, the Internet, all kinds of things. And Blockbuster, it fell apart. In fact, there's only one Blockbuster left. So real estate is neat because it's so stable and so very tangible. Another advantage to real estate as far as creating wealth is leverage. People don't talk about this much, but it's extremely important. For the same reason that that land seems stable to you as a hard asset, it's also very attractive to banks. Banks look at real estate and they're comfortable with that. They don't feel like they're going to wake up one day and the asset is worth nothing. However, they do want you to have some form of down payment because the bank doesn't feel comfortable loaning you 100% on the asset. So they're going to want you to put down many times 20 or 30%. But what's great is that means they're loaning you 70 or 80% of the price. And that allows you to tap into lots more real estate than you could buy if you were doing it for cash. Now, most everything else out there in the investment specter, whether you want to buy a franchise, buy a bond, buy stock, it requires 100% out-of-pocket cash. And that's not really realistic for many people to build wealth using all cash. Think about how much cash you have right now. Can you really go out and do a whole lot, something really amazing with the money you have now, or would you need some leverage to attain the types of property that you need? I don't really know of really any other industry in the investment sector that allows you to use leverage. And leverage is so attractive in real estate. There are so many interesting options. First, there's seller financing. I don't know of anywhere else you can find seller financing than real estate. Under seller financing, you give a down payment to the mom and pop seller, and they carry the mortgage for you. Typically non-recourse and very attractive rates. Up from that, you have regular banking. Again, you're able to do 70 to 80% loan to value. Up a notch from that, you have conduit, also known as CMBS lending. Even more exciting because they do 70% typically of loan to value. That's based on the appraisal. If you're a good shopper and you can buy stuff cheap and the appraisal comes in high, your leverage will be even greater than that. It's also non-recourse, typically 10-year fixed rate interest. 
up a notch from now, you have agency debt, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, even more attractive. Notes can go as much as 12 years. They allow you to resize the loan annually. You don't have these type of attractive leverage products out there for anything else. You just don't have it. And that leverage allows you to build giant empires with very limited amount of cash. And think about this for a moment. If you bought a property with 20% down, let's just say you bought a property for $500,000 and you put down 20%, which is $100,000. Let's say you turn around and sell that property five years from now for $600,000. You created a 100% return on investment with that $100,000 of profit. You only put in $100,000. The bank put in the four hundred. dollars but the hundred that came out, it all went to you. That's the neat thing about leverage is it's not a partner. When you borrow from a bank, all the bank can ever get is the interest. And then, of course, the principal back at the end. When you have a partner, they would take not only interest, but part of the upside. Who knows? Maybe as much as 50 or 60%. So leverage is, again, a very, very attractive aspect. And that's one of the key drivers on how people create real estate wealth. The third item is inflation. You're probably aware that America has a little thing going on called inflation. Our prices always seem to be rising. Now, real estate is one of the few things out there that actually does better in times of inflation. So many other assets do not. So many other things out there that you can buy under inflation, the value goes down every year. But that's not how real estate works. And here's why. Because real estate rents... And again, most real estate, almost all real estate, except for land speculation, is based on rents. Those rents tend to increase in line with inflation. So if rents are going up 5% a year, it's a good idea that that's also being driven by inflation, which may be going up 5% per year. So what happens is all you have to do is buy an asset and hold it, and inflation will typically make the rents rise. And here's another great part of that. Going back to leverage, your loan is set in stone. Your loan does not adjust based on inflation. So if you buy that property at $500,000 and $500,000 10 years from now is only has the buying power of $300,000, the bank still only gets their note based on those dollars. They don't fare well in inflation, but you do. Now, where's inflation going in America? I know it hasn't been too high in recent times, but is that really how it will go going forward? It's unlikely. Typically, all of our various forms of pricing go up on a regular basis. And as a result, it's a pretty good bet you'll see higher inflation going forward. I know we've had a period of not a lot of inflation, but that was not due to market forces. That was due to quantitative easing. The federal government basically stepped in during the Great Recession and knocked interest rates down to zero. And as interest rates stayed around zero, inflation also stayed extremely low. But this is not normally how it works. I think going forward, you're going to see us entering into a whole new era in which inflation rises up and probably stays at a steady pace of 3% per year, maybe as much as 5% per year in some years. But any way you cut it, every year, that little bit of inflation compounding goes in your favor when you own real estate. In fact, real estate performs better than anything else in inflationary times, better than the stock market, better than the bond market. There's nothing else that you can invest in that does as well. And the great part is, it's just a normal part of the real estate business. So again, how can you make money in real estate? Well, 
the stability of the asset itself, the leverage that allows you to take whatever money you have and multiply that oftentimes five times as far as the kind of property you can buy. And the simple fact that you're right in the middle of the channel for inflation, because let's face it, that's where things are going. I do not think we're going to see, remaining in, in my lifetime, deflation. I don't think we're ever going to see a period where inflation is zero decade after decade. So basically, the fact that costs are always escalating up a little makes real estate attractive. And don't forget that real estate is also a great shelter if we should have hyperinflation. People talk all the time about the end of the world coming to America economically. And one of the normal scenarios is hyperinflation. That's where prices just break out of their normal boundaries and they go crazy. They skyrocket high. Real estate will be a good place if that were to occur. Because what will happen is all of your rents will also follow that path. So basically, you can also look at real estate kind of as a defense mechanism against some of those doomsday scenarios that you read about economically. But the bottom line is you can do just like John Jacob Astor did back in the 1800s or like Sam Zill is doing right now. You can also profit with real estate from A to Z. Wherever you fit in that spectrum, you can do it. And that's why we're going to be bringing you this new podcast series. Again, the Creative Real Estate Mastery Podcast Series. I'm Frank Rolf, and I'll be with you every week. I'm sure glad you were here with us for our initial pilot episode. I'll be back next week. And next week, we're going to talk about the necessity of creative thinking in real estate in this competitive environment that we all operate in today. This is Frank Rolf with the Commercial Real Estate Mastery Podcast. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Commercial Real Estate Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at CREUMastery.com to subscribe to the show, read our show transcriptions, and access all of our great information on real estate investing. And if you have a moment, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode.